Welcome to Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advice Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advice Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach, Bo- at Coach Bono's show is our handle. Check out the Facebook page. Just so search for Coach Bono's show. It's the first thing you'll see. It's right there. And you can email us at CoachBonosShow at gmail.com. This is episode 49.5. And as always, on the point five, I'm joined with the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wingeter. E, how you doing? Good. Happy Friday to you. How are you? Yeah, so uh, I'm doing all right. We, uh, we just let everybody know, so we've recorded this once already. <laughs> and Coach Bo is not the most technically proficient person, and so I made a mistake, and we did not keep the recording. So here we are, midday Friday, where we should be releasing the pod, recording the pod. So if you get your podcast late, just go live with it. It'll be okay. We should have some good content. We're going to have some fun. So it's Friday afternoon for us. So we're on the down. We're on the down slope of the week. Thank goodness. Hey, I got to go to the Royals Red Sox game last night. How was so that? I did. Was, it, well, other than the umpires giving the Royals three, three <laughs> runs, that was, you know, fine. I made sure to uh, turn on the first inning so I could see Haas's at bat, but beyond that, I didn't watch any of it. That's what I wanted to get at. Boy, the Kansas City Royals did a nice thing. Um, you know, it was Eric Hosmer's first game back in Kansas City. He's been with the Padres these years, and he's never played in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, he was going to later this month. Their first trip, San Diego's first trip to Kansas City was actually in like three weeks. Okay, but he was traded to Boston this past week, and so pre-game last night, the Royals in the in the um, in the stadium played a really nice long video with Hosmer highlights, going back to when he signed as a rookie, mm-hmm. or as a as a draft pick, to where he was a rookie, to the whole to the World Series stuff, his last at bat, all that stuff, and he got a great ovation. I was really happy for him. Really happy for Royals fans. They weren't dicks about it. Because the way he left of being a free agent and the money. Right. But they were really cool to him. And then he gets his first at bat and he gets a huge ovation in his first at bat. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was, uh, you know, he tips his cap. He tips his cap after the video as well. And then Salvador Perez, my takeaway is always you can tell how classy a catcher is in those situations by what they do. Uh huh. And Salvador Perez takes his two or three steps out in front of home plate. He's like, no, no, no. We're not playing baseball for a couple of <laughs> Like, no, no. Give this man his love. Give this man his flowers right now. Yeah. And I thought that was such a cool move. You can really tell about a catcher that understands the place of baseball with those kind of things. And so yeah, I, I want to shout that out, too. It, it was interesting, too, since I was I was watching the Kansas City broadcast. And I think they kept showing Hosmer's mom in the box and she was recording the whole thing on her phone and they kept going back to her and she was just kind of getting a little choked up about the whole thing. And I thought that was really cool. So, but after that, I was just like, I wasn't feeling sports yesterday and I just turned it off. <laughs> Man, the game was, the game was shit after the first inning. The Red Sox got two in the first and the Royals yeah. got two. And then it was nothing till Perez's home run in the sixth. Well, you had the, they got one, and then Perez's home run in the sixth, and that, that ball was a foul. And that's what I said. Like, 
people were just like, yeah. It, it, in it, the stadium, yeah. everyone thought it was a home run. Now, at first, I thought it was going to be a ground rule double. Mm-hmm. Just based on what I saw from our seats, I was like, I think it hit the, I thought it hit like the that gridded metal part right above uh-huh. the wall, which is still in play. And I was like, well, I don't think I'll call that a ground rule double. And then when they replayed it, they replayed it twice. Uh-huh. You can see on both replays pretty clear that the ball hit the pad left of the, just to the left of the foul pole. Mm. After the second replay, they didn't play that shit anymore. Of course not. Because there was a lot of Red Sox fans. And the yeah. Red Sox fans then got, was we were all kind of quiet and tepid until that happened. I bet. And then Cora got thrown out. And <laughs> Ooh, and Cora, I, I like how like he he argued, and he it's tough for the umpires then because they don't make the decision. That's out of their hands. Yeah, it's all done in New York City. And it was pretty clear that that Cora said something individually that pissed that umpire off. Oh, and then boom, he hit him with it. He ejects Cora, and then Cora loses his shit. Now, the funny part to me, you know, Cora walks out and whatnot, and then as a Red Sox fan, we're watching the rest of the game. That umpire got hit with balls twice. Oh, shit. He got hit with a foul ball, and they had to bring all the umpires together. The Royals trainer comes out, and it looks like he's down for the count. I mean, he he woke up this morning thinking he's Batman. Did he get knocked out? Like, I think I – no, not out-out, but I think he, he got a concussion. No, he that's started, what I mean. Like, yeah. did he fall over? Like, no, he didn't. Okay. But he was, he walked straight to the pitcher and took Hernandez, Lawrence uh, Hernandez, the ball. And he just, and he was like two steps from when he tossed him the ball. And that's like the umpire buying time, hoping right. it to come back. Like they do when the catcher takes. Yeah. Like well, it does when the catcher, you know, yeah. catchers do the same thing. And then, He's walking back and he bends over to wipe the plate off again. Another trick. Yep. And he comes back up and he and you can tell when he came back up. No, sir. Oh, just and all three of the other all, all the three umpires come swarming to him. I was like, yeah, he think he's Batman right now. Ugh. Um, we gotta we gotta get him off the field. And they ended up not letting him off the field and not okay. taking him out. He he wanted to stay. Yeah. And then the funniest part was. The very next half inning, he takes a foul ball right off the mask. Oof. And, I mean, I'm sitting right behind the Red Sox dugout, about five, six rows back. I just went, ball don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude, he, he kind of had to stand up again. He was all loopy again. Yeah, and then, man. And he got hit again in the next inning. Oh, jeez. That, that umpire, he needs a day off today. So I bet he got one. I, I, I bet he's I bet he's the third base umpire tonight. <laughs> he ain't gonna be in the plate and he ain't gonna be at first. Yeah. You know, he probably gonna be at second. So um, but yeah, but I going back to the original point, I thought the Hosmer thing, the Royals could not have been more classy about it. And the Royals fans should get a tip of the cap too for how they treated Eric Hosmer. I think it's awesome. Um, I've gotten a chance to see him a couple of times with since he's been with the Padres, just because Rockies are always in town. Um, But I think it's really great that he got to go back, that he was excited, that everyone was just glad to see him. 
And um, I don't know, it's like one of those fun things. Yeah. You know, and I know that, uh, and you know, a lot, I think time has healed some of those wounds with him because there was some people when it first happened that were not happy he left. And it was a, totally a money thing. I mean, well, was, sure. I mean, he just wasn't getting the money and um, yeah, it, I, I, I'm glad he got what he got. Yeah. I'm glad that he got a great ovation. He, he certainly deserved it. So um, yeah. We, uh, I want to get on Vince Scully for a minute. Vince Scully passed 94 years old. Yep. You know, a voice of baseball, the voice of baseball. And I was listening to um, Joe Buck. This is after we recorded, right? After we recorded uh-huh. Wednesday night, going home, I was listening to Joe Buck on um, one of the sports media podcasts. And mm-hmm. he was talking about, you know, his relationship. He knew Vince Scully, obviously. I mean, right. he years together and, you know, when he was doing games for Fox and then he knew Vin Scully. He, he said, when was the first time you met Vin Scully? He says, I was probably one or two years old when I met him. Right, with his dad. His dad is Jack Buck. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, he says, he says that the greatest thing about Vin Scully, he mm-hmm. said, he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And not just the voice of baseball and not just the guy who was um, – uh, the voice of the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn and then out to LA, the biggest, yeah. second biggest market of all. And, but also they said every young um, announcer, every young journalist would want to bend the ear of Vince Scully. Mm-hmm. And he said, and Vince Scully always made time for it. Yeah. I've always heard he was just a very gracious, humble dude yeah. and just loved what he did. And, and, and they were talking about that um, or, and as part of the, when Joe Buck was talking about this on the Sports Media Podcast, he was talking about it in, in comparison to his father, Jack Buck, uh-huh. who has been gone for about 20 years now. But he said, you know, a lot of times Jack Buck was a guy who would be in the in the room and, and maybe the guy who would tell some inappropriate jokes and, and kind of holding court. Sure. Then Scully is the direct opposite. They said Scully would wait for someone to, to, to seek him out. But when they did, he was always gracious. And 67 years. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, people just. <laughs> people don't live 67 years. He was an announcer and didn't have an analyst. It was just him for 67 years calling Dodgers. Games. And I. I if you think about it, just in the, the modern landscape of jobs, if somebody's in a position at a place for like more than 10 years, everyone's kind of surprised. Yeah. So um, he really did love what he did. And once he retired, he retired. Yeah, he was gone. Once he, once he left, he was done. And unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, just what a great career and a class act. You know, not only was he the voice of the Dodgers, but he did games for NBC back in the day. You know, yeah. the game of the week with Joe Garagioli. For a whole generation who's my age and older, or really our age and older, I'm a little bit right. older. You know, that was kind of our introduction to baseball outside of our local market. Yeah, and he did football as well. He did. You know, famously, he was the guy who was the announcer for the 
the catch. Yeah. Joe Montana, Dwight Clark. Yeah. Against, against the Cowboys. And so I, I didn't realize that, that. I mean, that happened when I was like seven years old. Right. So, but I was listening to that here just, just a couple of nights ago. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, just a, a great broadcaster, a great man. Lived a full life for 94 years. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, wanted to ch- chat on that. Hey, another one we wanted to, but this is the quick one, but we're going to get into this. Uh, Brittany Griner just yeah. pled guilty and was sentenced to nine years in a Russian jail. Well, no, in a camp. A camp. Was it a camp? Okay. A prison camp. A prison camp. So nine years for some weed. Now, we in America really can't really talk about you know, putting people in jail for, for weed because, well, it's happened a little too much here, too. Uh, we got a whole generations of people who have been wrongfully imprisoned for way too long for the same kind of thing. Yeah. But this was the next step that had to happen before now there's a negotiation going on. We talked about that last week. Yes. Like, listen, there's going to be a prisoner swap that's going to bring her home sooner than later. But this was the next logical, the next step that had to happen. Yes. Uh, what thoughts from you on this? You know, I think it's going to be interesting because um, Paul Whelan is the other American that they are trying to include in this prisoner swap in return for um, a Russian uh, arms dealer who's been serving time here. They don't know. There was supposedly a counteroffer for uh, a Russian murderer who's being held in Germany earlier in the week that was pretty much discarded. And, um, you know, Russia has come out and said, yes, we will negotiate, but this is all going to be above board. It's not going to be in the public sphere. We don't want this to be politicized. It's going to be in accordance with the terms that uh, Putin and Biden had agreed to earlier in the year or last year when they had met. So I'll, you know, it's interesting. It's, there's so much around this. It's not just the U S and Russia, especially when we're seeing what's going on with Taiwan, you've got the war in Ukraine. There's a lot of geopolitical stuff that this could end up touching that a year ago, none of us would have assumed would be happening. Yeah. And I want to encourage anybody that wants to learn more about the, what's going on behind the scenes on the Brittany Griner report. The person who has done an absolutely incredible job of reporting all this mm-hmm. is TJ Quinn at ESPN. Okay. Um, you can follow him, TJ Quinn, ESPN on Twitter. This guy, I, I've heard a couple of his interviews now, and he's, I mean, he was the one that two weeks ago was saying, hey, they're not going to get to anywhere in this negotiation until she pleads and is. Um, sentence yeah so uh highly and you know i'm kind of a nerd like that myself so uh if you want to learn more about the whole thing follow tj quinn on twitter he is great and some of the stuff he's doing it this is the guy that might win some kind of a really major award because of his reporting on Brittany grinder he's been the top guy on all this so I really encourage you to check that out. I know there's a lot of politicizing this at certain places. Sure. And I'm not going to get into all that. We already know what my political leanings are. 
but I'm all for getting Brittany Griner home. I'm all for getting any American out of a situation in Russia right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you're thinking about going, TJ Quinn, I heard an interview with him last week where he said that he wanted to go to Russia to uh, cover the story. Mm-hmm. And that the State Department came to him and said, we don't want you to go. Yeah. And, I it, mean, was, and it was not a matter of them get, of him getting in the way. It was a matter of his own personal safety. safety. Yeah. And that's why I find it interesting, just because I usually flip on CNN in the morning and yeah. watch and they've got a guy who's based out of Moscow. So he's been there and has been done, has been doing reporting in Ukraine as well. But I mean, these reporters who continue to keep us informed and let us know what's going on and, you know, the independence of the press is a first amendment, right? And it's yeah. very important, whether it's here or abroad. And I, I feel very fortunate that we have people who are willing to risk yeah. themselves to give us informed information. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was funny. I mean, I heard TJ Quinn talking about it. He said, you know, Hey, I, I was thinking about going over and he says, yeah. I talked to people at ESPN, they called the state department. And they said, for your own safety, they were there. The concern was the State Department thought they'd find a way in Russia to arrest T.J. Quinn. Well, just like they did Brittany Griner. Yeah, they just they look for any excuse to use because then they can hold that as someone who broke a law in some way, shape or form. And now we have to trade to get him out. Yeah. I mean, she was detained, what, four days or something like that before they invaded Ukraine? Mm-hmm. It was calculated. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I'll i point you that way on that. Um, all right. Let's get to the big story of the last <laughs> two weeks. I hate talking about this. I really don't like talking about Sean Watson. But there's one other thing that I, I saw on Twitter today that the irony is horribly scary for the people that will be there. Did you see this, that the National Massage Therapist Convention is in Cleveland this year? Oh. And, I mean, come on. Okay. Since last week. Yes. We last were together. Deshaun Watson got suspended six games, which is a fucking travesty. Biggest bullshit ever. Oh, it's just horrible. Yeah, he got six games. And we talked about this a couple of days ago. We explained kind of the legal reason for this, that Judge Robinson, who's been appointed as the, the, the independent third party who's going to rule on these sort of things, looked at the precedents and said, well, this is egregious. These are some of the words, egregious. Uh-huh. That Deshaun Watson lied. Yep. That Deshaun Watson committed sexual assault. But it wasn't violent enough. It wasn't violent. It wasn't violent. Now, now, hear me out. (laughs) I have never been sexually assaulted. Um, And I am a man. And I hope that I've never sexually assaulted anybody. I don't think I have. My wife might disagree. Um, That was a bad joke. Yes, that was not good. No, but it was funny when you're married as long as I have. Um, you know, it. I can't imagine what any woman's going through right now because but every me, sexual assault is violent. But but let me just throw this back on you. 
if you were a dude who was a masseuse, professionally trained, certified, qualified, and if some dude just flopped his dick on your arm multiple times, would you think that's a little bit violent? I would. Yeah. I think any sexual assault is violent. It's ridiculous. And it, it absolutely is. And it's, it, I just, I, I find that they actually came out and said it wasn't violent. I mean, I laughed because of the absurdity of it. It was really just distressing. Ah. And then, you know, of course, so this came out Monday. Um, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which. And then the NFL had until Wednesday to appeal and no one really knew what they would do. The NFL did appeal on Wednesday, which means that it goes up to Goodell for the ultimate appeal. Now he has the option of either hearing it himself or having another third party independent person. And he has opted this time to give it to a third party. Which is smart. It is in this case. Given his track record. Yeah. And then uh, the Players Association had until today, is my understanding, to respond to the appeal. I just do not know if anything has been filed relative to that. And yeah, I, I as of this moment, we don't know. So yeah, and we don't know. And we what well, we do know this will get appealed. This is going to get looked at. He might get a couple more games, but there's they're not going to go to a full season. And I already made my stance very well known on this that I think he should have gotten two years. I think the Browns should have forfeited. I think the Browns, you know, have to pay him, but at the, at the same time, I think the Browns should forfeit. They shouldn't have to pay him, but they should forfeit that salary cap money. And then I thought the Texans are complicit, and they should forfeit anything they got in trade, which was picks. They should right. have put all those picks. I mean, I, I would have brought a hammer like four to these three people. To the, to and, and, part, and part of the adjudication, of course, that we need to mention is that uh, Judge Robinson ruled that he could only utilize Brown's facilities and trainers and massage therapists, yeah. which one of the things that we touched on on Wednesday was this dude was trolling for people on Instagram to begin with. Are they going to be monitoring his social media? How are they going to control what he's doing outside yeah. of the complex? Yeah. It, what, these guardrails are so dumb. Yeah. And not only the date, I mean, I see what they're saying about, hey, if you're going to do this, you're going to do this in these situations. One, how are you going to monitor it? Two, right. How is that okay as part of a collective bargaining agreement? It, aren't you just saying you're willing to expose those employed by the Browns to the same kind of treatment? Yeah, I think so. Because he's not going to stop never, doing this. Watson has never said he was sorry. No. He keeps saying he's done nothing wrong. Yeah, no, because keep backing him. he thinks that hitting women with his dick, his erect penis is just what he should be able to do. I've got to send you a picture. I saw this this morning and I laughed and, and laughed and laughed. And, and one of the things that I've, I've talked with a good friend of mine about is how some dudes just cannot get around the fact that some women 
seemingly consented, but there's a lot of people who can't grasp the fact that there are power dynamics involved in all of this. And if you are a woman alone with a star quarterback that everyone knows, who's going to believe you if you say something happened? Exactly. And you see the picture I just sent? (laughs) We're going to share that on Twitter here in a minute. There's a picture of Deshaun Watson in his Browns gear. Watson's face is taken off and Bill Cosby's is put on. <laughs> Oof. I, I just I'd love it. We're I'm actually sharing it right now on Twitter. Coach Bono's podcast, Coach Bono's show at on Twitter. You can find it. It's we just tweeted it out. It's a, whoever did that image did an incredible job. It's beautiful. That Photoshop is fantastic. That Photoshop is really well done. But it's Watson in full gear. Not in full gear, but like in his practice gear, and someone took and put Bill Cosby's face on it. Uh, that's a troll job right there. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty incredible. But I go back to what you're saying. I 100% agree. It makes it to where it's going to be even harder for anyone to report things because it's not taken seriously. It's not. And listen, I I get that many of us grew up with the idea that – no means yes in certain circumstances. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, I think there's a reality that some people need to get to with the fact that no means no. Yes. In any and all circumstances. I agree. I want to, okay, let's, let's scuttle. Deshaun Watson for a second because it reminds me of something I saw last night. Okay. You might think it's funny. Okay. Um, are you familiar with Whitney Cummings? Community? Yes. She has a new Netflix special. Okay. And um, I watched it last night after I got home from the ball game. It, uh-huh. I think she's hysterical first. I I freaking love Whitney Cummings. I think she's hysterical. Okay. <laughs> and and she's talking in her thing. She says, you know, last time she did Netflix, well, she just got engaged. Well, then she shows her hand. There's no ring. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't go through with it. You know, yada, yada, yada. And then she's talking about she the, the dirty, her dirty secret. My dirty secret is I like older men. And Whitney Cummings is like four. She's a little okay. older. And she, bear with me on the joke here. So okay. she says she's dating a guy at the time for a little while who was near 60. And okay. she said, you know, that's what she's into. She's like, all right. You know, and she said, but he was so nice. And so kind that everything that he wanted to do, he would ask. And he'd say, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, which is kind of how you have to do it if you're a dude now. She says, well, eventually you just want a guy to kind of choke you a little bit. Which well, she's joking. I mean, she's right. But, but, but yeah, there is a fine line. It, there is a fine line. And I will and say she, this. I do not. That does, that does, that does, we really want to finish real quick. It's a fine line if it's a relationship, fine line if you're in the in that kind of a situation, you're dating. Correct. But it's not a fine line with Deshaun Watson and what he was doing. There's nothing to that. that, that no. That, taken out of context. I want to be very clear about that. 
yeah, no, that's pure power dynamic. Yeah. And some dude knowing that he can get away with whatever he wants to, full stop. Yeah, okay. But now let's skip to the fun part of this, which is men and women now have this dynamic, which is, it's been turned on its head in a, in a, very, in a way, and it's kind of a good thing where now us men are caught off guard because we don't know where the boundaries are. Some men are caught off guard. Yeah, I have most thoughtful people, I would think. You know, and then, well, at least, you know. I Sorry, can... crunching up my face at that. Yeah, I saw Not it. everyone's thoughtful. I'm, I'm, I can only speak from my own experience. You know, yeah. again, I can only speak from who I am as a person. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of a dynamic of a, what, what, how do you do some of the aggressive stuff if people are into that? You know what was really the interesting? Society. I I do not watch dating shows or 90 Day Fiance or Married at First Sight. Any I I just Bachelor Bachelorette. I'm just I'm not into it. For whatever reason, I decided to watch F Boy Island on HBO Max. Oh yeah, you talked about this last week. And um, the second season just finished yesterday, so. I'm not going to spoil it for those of you who enjoy that kind of thing. But one of the things I was really surprised about just between the two seasons, which are approximately a year apart, the second season reflected far more aggressive behavior by the women as far as initiating, which is great. They should be able to and not feel like they're put off on that. Yeah. But to your point on the choking thing, there was a lot more of that that was seen on camera that I wasn't anticipating. Oh, not my thing. Never really has been. Everyone has their stuff. I, I don't grudge anyone. Part of you know, part of it is for me. I've been married to the same woman for so long now. I'm just happy for anything. Fair. I, I haven't had a regular partner in seven years at this point, so I don't know. <laughs> so hey, um, I feel like this is a good spot for us to talk about a sponsor. <laughs> yeah let's talk about gold belly <laughs> so let's talk about gold belly for a second hey um hey i wanted to point out you know we talked last week they had junior's cheesecake is on special mm-hmm. junior's cheesecake is no longer on special uh but hey here's what i want to hit you with subscription boxes um there is a number of different subscription boxes everything from the ice cream subscription to barbecue the pies where you pay them a certain monthly subscription and you get something from you get a pie every month or you get barbecue dinner once a month. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a bacon subscription. So a thing of the month club yes. from Gold Belly. It's like, yeah, it's like jelly of the month, you know? Okay. <laughs> the gift that keeps home giving all year round, Clark. Um, but here's a cool one. How about support restaurants in Chicago? Support restaurants in San Francisco? Support reference, restaurants in NOLA? You can order a subscription to restaurants in a particular city. Uh-huh. And they've got, I'm trying to get them all here. They got six. They have New Orleans, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Miami, and LA. So you can go on and you can support restaurants in Europe if you like that type of food. If there's a type of food you like. Yeah. You know, I'm a NOLA guy. I, I freaking love my Cajun food. You know, the subscription to NOLA, the, New Orleans food would be great for me. Yeah, no doubt. If, if anyone wants to buy Coach Bo a Christmas present this year, a subscription to NOLA food would be great. Um, but all sorts of cool stuff. I definitely recommend that. Check it out. 
you can save, as always, save $25 off your first order. Use the show, the link in the show notes and uh, save me a little cash. Have some fun with Gold Belly. Check it out. Have a treat. Yeah. All right. So we had a little fun at Deshaun Watson's uh, situation. I, um, I, going back to Deshaun Watson for a minute. Yeah. You'd be so oblivious. Who are you saying is oblivious, is my question. Deshaun's not oblivious. He hasn't said, I'm sorry yet. He hasn't. He doesn't doesn't care. Doesn't that make him oblivious by definition? No. Oblivious means you have no realization of what you're doing. He knows exactly what in the fuck he's doing because he's contacted more than 60 plus women on Instagram for these services. How does he not understand that behavior now? He doesn't care because he's been helped to do it by his employer. And he has been told by everyone around him that so long as you get the women to shut up, you can keep doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. I guess it's a rich person life. I mean, look at Vince McMahon. It's a it's a rich person slash power position. Yeah, yeah, well put. But yes, if you can get whomever, it's usually women. Yeah, you can get them to shut up. You can keep doing whatever the fuck you want. It's a damn shame. And that's unfortunately the way our system is built. Yeah, that's. I can Should bring up just, something. Let's just, have, refer, let's just refer to Deshaun Watson as Deshaun Cosby for now. He's just, he's a goddamn predator. Yes. And that's I, predatory behavior. No doubt. No doubt. I, I feel horrible for the women who are skilled and are trained and who he's going to start trying to get to in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows what he's done in other cities that he's visited for games and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's despicable that we as a society still think that, and this has been proven time and again, that women are just low. We have, we have a caste system in the United States as much as in India or other countries. Yeah. So it's fucked up. I'm going to give you a good example of that, which I have seen joked off this week. And Mm. this is going to piss you off. I don't think you know about this yet. (laughs) Have you seen the Jets fan who has been showing up to camp with a special Zach Wilson jersey that the players have all been signing? Oh, you have. I I have not, but I imagine. So is he wearing like a goat Wilson? No, no, it's worse. It's worse. It's a Zach Wilson jersey with the number. But instead of saying Wilson on the back, it Does... says MILF Hunter. No, what in the fuck is wrong with people? And they there are video they're on Twitter. There's player, he gets players to come over and sign, and the young players. Are just laughing their ass off this this jersey. 
This is what is wrong with our society. We commoditize every fucking thing, including people, and sexualize everything that we can because we were told that we could never have sex in a pleasurable way. Yeah. I, I have a question. Let's, let's talk about this. I, I see how angry you are. I want to get into this. I think it's important. We're going to get off sports rails on this for a second. Okay. When is it good humor now? When is good what? When can something like this be good humor? Because I don't think that the person that, I mean, I'm assuming that the man who made the jersey says MILF hunter isn't hurting anybody. Zach Wilson didn't hurt anybody by having intercourse with his mom's friend. I mean, that's a different animal than, is it, I mean, it's not great behavior, but it's not predatorial behavior by any means. I cannot comment because I don't know that situation and I don't know if it's predatory from her standpoint. Okay. I'm going to couch it or framework okay. it around that. Okay. Okay. I see your point there. But, but let's say if two people are, if two people are having sex and they have a relationship with that. I mean, at what point can we? Why should we be commenting? Why should we be commenting about anyone else's relationships? Yeah, that's a great point. Why? That is the best point. That's the best point. But you also talk. We also talk about public people, and there's going to be humor and ridicule, no matter what it is what sort of behavior it is. I mean, things like, you know, Zach Wilson, Army Hammer. Some of the stuff that happened earlier this year with him, the actor, which was there, strange. There's, no, strange there's no joking around. What no joking. Was, I mean, that was some strange fucking behavior. I mean, look at Dan Cook. He's supposedly engaged to a woman. Yeah, he's engaged to a woman who that is 23. He is 50. Is that right? Yeah. He started dating her when she was 18. She was 18. She was 18. It was gross. It still yes. is gross. I'm it sorry. Is. It is. Uh, but when can there be humor about these things? When's it okay to make a joke and to make light of it if it's something that's between two people and it's consensual? If it's the people who are involved who are making the jokes, I'm here for it. I have not heard anything from Zach Wilson's mom's best friend that she's cool with any of this. Yeah, I have to do. Um, so to me, this is the kind of thing that goes back to middle school and high school sure. of somebody claiming that it's they slept with the senior cheerleader and yeah. they were a freshman or a sophomore dude. Yeah. And they're the fucking big man on campus. Sure. That's a great, that's a great way of put. It is well, trashy bullshit that these dudes who, if they spoke this way about their mother's best friends, their mom would probably slap them upside the head. Absolutely. So absolutely. there is just, I understand wanting to make jokes out of everything because that's what I do. That's my natural defense mechanism. I go way over the line all the time when, especially when I don't know the people personally involved. Yeah. Well, I, think I, know natural. People, I think that's natural. I think especially with public figures. I mean, look, I just called Deshaun Watson, Bill Cosby. But the thing of it is, I think, is that 
at some point, and maybe this is your point, is what is that line that you're perpetuating the treatment and the action and the continued lack of discretion around all this as compared to what's humor? It's the, oh, it's just locker room talk as opposed to we're just degrading people because it's easy. No. I, I agree. Yes, you're go, you're exactly going where I wanted to go with this. Is I don't believe in locker room talk. I don't like that. I mean, if two people do something and someone tells somebody else, and there's people who know about it, whatever, um, it doesn't make it right for everybody to talk about it. But when I'm talking about public figures, mm-hmm. like every joke about Deshaun Watson shouldn't be degrading or minimizing the victims. No. I just called him Bill Cosby. I mean, I literally just called him Deshaun Cosby. Right. That's not me saying that what he did is a joke, but I'm going to make fun of him for that. It doesn't minimize how I feel that he's a predator and preyed on women and he tried to control. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like R. Kelly. You know, we're going to make our Kelly jokes to the end of time now. We're going to yeah. make Cosby jokes to the end of time. You know, Bill and I, still getting jokes 30 years later. I, I don't, I, I guess to me is, I think it's a really interesting question to discuss. Yeah. I, and you kind of probably make your own lines, but it's, it's almost kind of one of those things like with mass shooters. Do you necessarily have to give them a name? No. I'll give you an example. So we just talked about yeah. the MILF Hunter jersey. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's funny, and here's why I think it's funny. I don't think I don't see who's harmed in this. One, it's poorly construed. I I don't know who it harms. But if anybody it harms Wilson. I, you could argue it harms no, it, the it, woman he was with. It, 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 harms, it, it, it harms those younger men, theoretically, who are going after older women. Um, because the idea is that you're hunting those who are fucking your mothers. Yeah. You're well, not no, hunting the women. No, no, no. The, the MILF hunter is, I think you're in the wrong thing what that is. The MILF hunter is the guy who's looking for the older woman. That's why I think it's poorly constructed. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're a little lost in that. That's fine, and I could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because like we're saying, no butter. Yeah. I don't. Here's the thing, and I think I said this a few weeks ago. This is where porn has fucked a lot of dudes up. Yes, I'm starting absolutely. American Pie on whatever. Right. And oh. how- Go ahead and have been subjected in the dating realm yes. of dudes who want to be the MILF hunters? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just saw a thing with Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Who said she slept with 200 men. men. Fuck yeah. Because they were younger men looking for the, the American the, Pie Mom. American Pie moment. Yeah. I mean, good for her. But we are not targets. We are not to be hunted. Yeah, I, I, I do see your point. I do. And, I just, 
and I, I guess- wonder where it's there at some point there's a line I don't and I think that the line's constantly moving and I think it is too because it was far different when we yeah 30 years ago when we were trying to navigate this shit as single people but instead of thinking people as targets maybe just think about them as people yeah I mean I just know like in my case like I'm a happily married man I don't have these issues but yeah I you know, I, I was a silly kid. Sure. You know? And I get how, I, from a juvenile sense of humor thing, it can yeah. be funny. I, I got to admit, I thought the Milk Hunter jersey was funny. I did. But I, I knew you wouldn't, and so I wanted to get you into the talk about it. Because it's like a great example of where's the line, and there is no line. It's just the line's constantly moving. And... and I- and I'm sure I have no doubt if people choose to speak about this at all back to you, it'll be like, she's a crazy lady. I don't think so. I, I will see. And I'll, here's where I'll defend you. And I'll say this right now is that I there's a different set of eyes. We all only live our lives to our own vision. Yeah. Now my experience in life is different than yours. You're a yeah. woman and you have been objectified since you were probably 12 years old, 10 years old. I'm a 46 year old man. And look, I've never been objectified. (laughs) Never. I don't know. I, I think it's a fair point because there is some, fun and mystery that seems to be taken out of engagement in a lot of ways as compared to how we grew up. But there can also be a certain amount of empowerment if both people get to speak about it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's well put. I wanted to go there. I, I, once we got to that point, because I thought that was something that had to be said. I just, I thought that was, I, I want to know. And I, I could be dead wrong. And I admit I could be dead wrong. But I do tend to think that, look, there's a line. Sure. And how I can say things with you mm-hmm. because of our friendship and how long we've known each other. And you know that I'm not coming from a place of right. any, hardly anything. I mean, unless it's the New York Yankees, you know that I'm not coming from <laughs> anything. Um, but you know that, hey, I'll cons- I can say some things with you that I could say to other people. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's interesting to think about because my friend Blaine and I were talking the other day. He had said that he was watching the Bill Burr special, which you had mentioned to me as well. Yeah. And he was just like, I can't believe he hasn't been called out about some of this stuff. And there are things that we just have to learn to on some level filter out and say that's not for me yeah but it's the bigger behaviors i guess yeah. well then we can try to help teach ourselves yeah. each other our children yeah there there are things i mean like i'll give you a couple more examples we'll kind of get in this way a little bit yeah charles barkley turned down live golf uh-huh but Liv Golf wanted Charles Barkley. He realized the consequences of his side. He had to get more money than anything else because 
he was going to lose all of his endorsements. He knew. Yep. But Charles Barkley says things that only he can get away with saying. Um, yeah, because he was on stage at some club promoting LGBTQ yeah. rights. Yeah. And was just like, and if they don't like it, tell them to come fuck with me and I'll tell yeah, them. Yeah, tell them Charles said, fuck you. You know, and that's the thing is that there's also some things about Charles Barkley that are right wing, I mean, conservative. Yeah. He's very, he's, he's a Republican. He's admitted it. And that's not, it's okay. We've talked in the past about it's okay to have civil discourse between yes. people who are not like-minded. I love that. But he's someone that can say things in a public realm and we can just be like, well, it's just Charles being Charles. Right. Uh, now, I get that a lot of times. People who know me especially will say, I just bow me a bow. And people say it about me going, yes, oh, we both get that. But we kind of <laughs> shut it down a little bit on here a little bit. You don't get the full unfiltered bow yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. You want to come hang out with me, you'll get it, but I'm going to offend somebody at some point. Oh, I absolutely will too. And it's not ever from a place of malice, unless you're a Yankee fan. Um, again, I understand. I just, again, and my thinking has evolved over time. You know, the other one is Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Well, I openly admit I fucking love Dave Chappelle. And he's someone that I've really struggled with recently. I, and you know what? I watched that that stand-up special where he's talking about the LGBTQ. Yep. And what he was saying, and I don't think he delivered well enough in his message, was saying, hey, I support you. Just support Black people more. That's what he, he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a bad person. Dave Chappelle, look, We've seen what that guy's done in a lot of different ways that have been good. And it's not like he's hurting anybody. Dave Chappelle's never said or done anything that was meant to drive a spike into someone. You can take it that way, Mm -hmm. but he never came from a place where he was meaning to put the spike in your heart. Okay. Yeah, no. You take it is how you take it. Right. As people say, you can only react. You, you can only control your reaction. You can't right. control theirs. So it doesn't mean I agree with everything Dave Chappelle does. Right. But I also think that he is a, is a fucking genius in how he uses his humor. Yeah. I have one as far as say, I think he's the all-time great now. I think he's past Richard Pryor and George Carlin as the greatest stand-up comic of all time because he's taken some really complicated situations and he's been fair he's admitted his own biases Mm -hmm. and he's made humor out and making humor out of it can bring us together absolutely and i think this is to that point this is why i've struggled with some of these things because my initial reaction is one thing and then if i pull back and go okay, some of this shit is really funny, regardless of the framing. I guess the one thing that I wish more of us would do is at least have that moment of thoughtfulness before just going, they're just joking, they're just being funny, blah, 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 blah. Well, and I think that that's probably... um, 
probably out there on someone like a Dave Chappelle. If you're seeing his special. Right. Clearly what, and maybe I, I think I'm twisting what you're saying here, but I don't mean to. He's clearly put thought into what he's saying. But something. But we like don't Zach, react that way. Yeah. But something like the Zach Wilson thing. Yeah. That's a bro being a bro. Sure. And, but and but sometimes it's okay to be, to be a bro, isn't it? But again, can you not have some thoughtfulness around that too? Sure you can. Sure he you can. probably didn't. Yeah, but not in that moment, but sometimes you can just have fun with something. You're not hurting anybody. If that situation doesn't hurt anybody. Okay. I, you don't have to like it. I disagree. I, I don't know as though it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, I, I, it's flagging him as a predator, frankly, but, you know, cool. I guess that's good for other people to know. Well, that's other people who are saying that Zach Wilson was a milf hunter because he had a one-time affair with an older woman. It happened to be his mom's friend. His mom's best friend. That doesn't matter, but yeah. it, this dude choosing to raise that banner? Well, again, it wasn't Zach Wilson that did it. I understand. It is some yeah. random dude. Yeah. But how is that any different than me making a joke about Bill Cosby and Deshaun Watson? It's not. It's, it's not because... I it's it's saying it this way. It's saying it could hurt someone's feelings. Me making light of Deshaun Watson could hurt 25 victims. And I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is it's the same place. I've got to see through it. I don't know as though that I agree with you on that. Okay. I mean, I, I think raised people can disagree. I just kind of think that's the same place. I, I... And, and part of me thinks that there are times where I get so set in initial thought that uh -huh. I can't see beyond that. That's well put. And, and I'm not saying that it's a great joke. No, no, I know. But right, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I think it's what so many of us especially over the last five, six years have kind of come into is that you stick with your initial gut feeling mm -hmm. of yes, no. And then until you have time, space and availability to listen to everything else, you may not fully recognize that it can sway between the two or have some gray space in between the yes or no. And so I think it's probably fair to say that all of this can be ridiculed. It can all be made fun of. Everyone can be made uncomfortable on some level because that's what humor is at its base. Yeah. It's, yeah but... When it's coming from a pay, place of malice that maybe we need to be more concerned about. Exactly. I 100% agree that statement. And I do think it's important to admit your biases as well. Sure. I admit to certain biases. You know, I can joke about some, I can joke about how much I hate Yankee fans. Right. You know, does that mean every person knows a Yankee fan is a bad person? No. It's I like, can joke about Republicans. It's me hating Mizzou, right? No, I mean, I, mean, I can joke about Republicans, but yeah. every person's Republican is a bad person. You know, it, it, you know, it, it, those are the kind of things I think are important. And I think it's important to understand that. 
Did I paint the mill for you? I thought it was funny. I admit I thought it was funny, but I can see where it would offend somebody. I totally can. I guess the thing Me that personally, I, I thought it was funny. The thing that I hate about it is that it's all these guys continuing to buy into the myth of what it is. Yeah. And that's just kind of shitty because that's not what reality is. True. Absolutely. But it's sarcasm. Again, I I think we disagree, but we come from different places on this that I I do see where you're coming from. I yeah, do. You've not experienced being a MILF. That's exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. And fortunately, I am a MILF. You are. Yeah. So, so I do understand. I mean, I... You know, I think you have to you know, watch over your shoulder. It's like, it's like, I'll tell jokes, but you know what I don't tell? I don't tell jokes about my black and brown friends because no, you're I know right. a lot of them. I know where that, how that's hurtful. And I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's kind of where the thoughtfulness comes. Yeah. In a maturity and just understanding of the opportunity to listen to other people and what they've dealt with and what they've seen. Exactly. So. Again, I can appreciate how you thought it was funny. Yeah. And I can appreciate where you're coming from, where it's the same type of thing that I just said. I wouldn't tell a a joke to an African-American friend about African-Americans to an African-American or any time. Right. But I didn't think of it the same way when it came to a woman. Right. That could be a mistake on my part. And I don't, I really, I do not want us over-policing ourselves. Yeah, that's stupid. It is. And that's kind of where we're at in a little bit of this. So, I mean, I just, I think it's a very interesting conversation. So, I don't know. I'd love to hear other people on that. This was definitely an unexpected conversation. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Wednesday at all. We kind of got up on rant there. Um, Hey, two things I got left. The last one, this one, then we'll get to the last one, which we already know what that's going to be because we did this on Wednesday. But this one, so, We've had a couple of interesting contracts things with Kyler Murray, yeah, and the video and the uh, the video. Uh, what am I trying to say? The studying, the required studying, which they have yeah. now pulled from his contract. Yeah, they, they had to, he had to have four hours of study time, which oh. they they can go in and coaches can go in and see what you're studying. Yep, it did remind me. Have you ever heard the Jamarcus Russell story? Uh uh-uh. uh so you know who Jamarcus Russell is, right? Yeah, former Marcus quarterback. For, was a, yeah, he was an LSU quarterback, number one overall for pick. The Raiders. the Raiders. The Raiders were convinced that he wasn't studying. Okay. So they sent him, this is back in the day, you know, this is the early 2000s, sent him home with the DVD and said, hey, we need you to watch these. These are the formations and the things we're going to want to run this week. Okay. It's with such and such team we're preparing for. So he comes to back to the practice the next day. They say, did you, did you watch the DVD? And he goes, yeah. And he, they say, well, what do you want to leave in? And what do you want to take out? He says, just leave it all in. Okay. There was nothing on the DVD. Oh, shit. The DVD was blank. They were testing Jamarcus. Damn. Yeah, no. And it was interesting because I was telling you this uh, as we were kind of talking before that Cliff Kingsbury had put the headphones on Kyler during practices to be like, Hey, this is difficult. You need to understand what I'm dealing with as I'm calling plays. 
And I think it's kind of shitty between this and Zion, who has this weird weight BMI matrix because they're fat shaming him. They are. Uh, I have an opinion. We'll talk about it. We'll get to Zion in a minute. But I know why they're, they're, they're worried about Zion. It's, listen, you guys have decided to give these dudes humongous contracts. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree with you 100% here. Isn't it kind of your fucking fault? Okay, so since the Cardinals have had to put this clause in Kyler Murray's contract. And take it out. And they've since taken it out. And since we know that Cliff Kingsbury has made Kyler Murray listen to play calling through a headset, it clearly shows that they believe as a staff that Kyler Murray doesn't respect what they do. And he's not putting in the same work that his coaching staff is to prepare him. So if you've got a player, and Kyler Murray's a dynamic athlete and a dynamic football player. Yeah. And, but if you have to worry about those sort of things, oh, why don't you give him the contract? Sorry, I'm being very abrupt. Uh, I'm watching the, the Cubs-Marlins game, and they are showing Ben Scully doing the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley right now. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's, sorry. That's but yes, cool. why did you give him the contract? Him the contract. Why, what are the conversations that you've had with him outside of this? Because it's pretty clear that whatever those conversations were, they weren't effective. No, and it's something clear to me that they were looking at this and going, okay, we, we're going to pay Kyler because we can't find anything better. That seems so tough. So Tyler Jones and I have a, a, a rule when it comes to quarterbacks. We uh-huh. call it the Ryan Tannehill rule. Right. If you're better than Ryan Tannehill, then you can be – then you, you are good enough a quarterback to be on a team that's trying to win. Now, Kyler Murray, to me, is better than Ryan Tannehill, especially athletically. Sure. Um, but Ryan Tannehill is a smarter quarterback than Kyler Murray. Um, nowhere near the skill set. Nowhere yeah. near the skill set. And But it, it, maybe you think that Kyler will get older and become more mature and want to learn and be, become better prepared. But again, why are you paying the guy? You know the talent's there. Yeah. But you have to have a plan. And I don't trust Arizona to have a plan, especially if that was really the the thought you had is, well, we're going to put a thing in here that he's going to study. This is the shame, I think, that the fan bases don't seem to grasp about young players playing behind veterans. They have someone to watch. They have someone to pattern themselves after. They have someone to talk to. That, Because not everyone is really geared unless they have it shown to them repetitively to do things. Yeah, and there's a huge difference between playing in college and even being a top-level college player. Yes, oh, Absolutely. And going to the NFL and being the guy. Yeah. He is the number one guy on that roster. Yeah. He's the quarterback. And 
I think that my guess is they looked at this and said, well, we hate his maturity, his immaturity, but wow, look at the talent. Right. And let's so see we, if we can. We have to make a decision. Yeah. You know, I don't not know. everyone is Lamar Jackson or or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. You know no, I, mean? I I I get it, but that's I don't know. That's always the thing that I kind of hate about fan bases that are like, we need the new guy in right now. Yeah, he's not always ready. Yeah, no, and people will point to like I'm all for putting the new guy in if you're not going to be competitive. I mean. I use the example Peyton Manning with three and thirteen is for his first year rookie year in the NFL, and he led yep, the yep, he needs reps. Yep, he, he needs reps. You weren't going to win either way. Arizona is kind of in the middle. They could, they're going to know six to eight weeks how their season's going to go. They're yeah. going to know if they're in it or out of it halfway. Sure. And they're not a Super Bowl contender as constructed right now. But they have a really pretty coach. Well, yeah, I know you like it. Yeah. <laughs> but if Kyler Murray turns into Lamar Jackson, which talent-wise is there, wow, they could be a contender. Yeah. And that's what you have to weigh on that. That's that's where I think the Kyler Murray and the Zion Williams thing are a little different. So let's go to I, Zion. But they're both okay. So Zion. The whole thing was he has a certain weight to BMI ratio that he has to meet because he's been injured most of his first two seasons and he's put on a significant amount of weight for reasons which you will discuss. But it all, both of these things tie back to discipline. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And and here's where I'm going to go on the Zion thing. Here's why. The Pelicans did this, in my view. When you look at Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson is the newest, at this age, he is Charles Barkley. He is a forward. He's a big guy. He's powerful. And if you've ever listened to Charles Barkley talk about when he first came into the league, mm-hmm. He said it took him two to three years to understand what was going on. And what really happened was, in his case, he said Moses Malone grabbed him, who was a a top 50 player of all time and a Hall of Famer, and said, hey, young cat. You know, Barkley said, why do you not like me? He says, because you don't work hard. Yeah. And he said that Moses made him go on a diet. And he lost 20 pounds and all of a sudden he could play better. And he needed that guidance of a veteran player. And they're huge, no doubt, huge health and agility and maneuverability. And for someone like that, 20 pounds is a huge number. Yes. Zion is that same type of player. Guy is gifted. I mean, the, he is. Like they said in in, Major, in Bull Durham, the guys came down and gifted you a, with a hit you with a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. The guy is a physical freak. Yeah, he's six foot eight. Nobody can move like he does. He is built like an armored tank, and he loves banging in the basket. He loves it, and he's the best. And he he could be the best since Barkley at that position. 
which is saying a lot. That's the guy he's come to. Right. Problem is he's young. I mean, he came in the league at 19. He's only like 21 or 22 now. Yeah. And he's going to come into his size. Unfortunately for him, he lives in New Orleans, which is the food capital of the world. I mean, there's never, there's not many bad places to eat in New Orleans. Right. And that's not an excuse. But he has to be extra mindful of it. And there's not a veteran. He doesn't have that person on that roster. So the team's saying, hey, we need you to understand it, and here's a way we can do this. I'm not as angry about that one on Zion. I just, I'm not. I don't think it's necessarily body shaming. I think if you come at it, again, it's how you propose things and how you come at things. Okay. If you say, Zion, we need you to do this because you should understand. And I'm sure he does. He's not dumb. But if he stays lighter, he's going to have a longer career. So let me ask you this then from a coaching perspective. Yeah. If you are having to write this into a contract, where is the disconnect in the coaching staff being able to instill the discipline which the player does not have. I I agree. And this is similar to what we talked about with Kyler Murray. Right. So that's what I from your similarities. I think because the coaches in the NBA also don't carry as much power as they do in the NFL. Uh-huh. Uh, players have an inordinate amount of power in the yep. NBA. Zion is one of those players. I mean, Zion could wake up tomorrow and say, I want to be traded to the Knicks, and they would have to trade him to the Knicks. Um, but I, I don't disagree with it. I, but I also don't like it. I mean, there, there, there needs to be a way to get someone in there with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, the, the Pelicans, if they're going to win with Zion, are going to have to put a veteran guy with him. Yeah. I mean, as a guy who's from New Orleans, I wish I root for them a little bit. Had they kept Chris Paul all those years and Chris Paul was there, you probably wouldn't have had this situation. Maybe. This, yeah. He's a guy that probably would have gotten through to Zion. I don't know what the deal is, but it is a fear. And, you know, I've jokingly said to you, and I've said it on here as well, and the New Orleans thing's a killer. But it, it isn't just that. It, it's, it really is just he's a young guy, and so is Kyler Murray. And yeah. you've got to wonder now with, with Zion, because of the nature of the way the game is played uh-huh. and the nature of his body, he's shortening his career by gaining weight. Oh, sure. You don't want him to be another Greg Odin or somebody else yeah. who was just injury plagued and never yeah. found I mean, Bill he, Walton, whomever. Great example. Um, who, ne- who never saw the pinnacle of what yeah. they could have done. Yeah. And, and that's the fear with Zion. I mean, he's never really been that guy. We know the talents there. I mean, he's a top five player talent, but he's never I, been able to put it together because of injury. And the nature of his position, especially, he's going to bang down there. He's going to be that power forward yeah. and be that guy. That is not a long career unless you get help. 
I guess I just find it interesting in both positions how there's some there's some need to abdicate the coaching to a contract instead of the coaches being in a position to actually do it. Yes, I see where you're going with that. That is that is the question is why do we have to do this via contract? Right. Yeah. And maybe that's because the players now in both sports, especially in the NBA, just have more power. It it could be. I guess part of it too is just I don't know, maybe once you sign that giant contract, there is some, I mean, hell, it's like us winning the Mega Millions last week. Yes. Yeah. We would all just kind of coast. Yeah. Yeah, I was, we were totally talking about that last week. You know, last yeah. week when I was talking about the Mega Millions with my wife, I said, well, she said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm not working for the first year. No, oh, God, no. And then from there, I'm putting together a foundation of some kind, and we're going to mm-hmm. figure that's how we're going to do this. Is that that's... Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. You, you do become lazy, and then money makes us lazier. I, I hope the best for Zion. That that that, that clause is going to stay in there for a while. I have a feeling he, but I don't think it's your take of the it's body shaming. I don't. I see where you're going with that, but I there's a good reason for it. And I understand that because Sharon Collins had a lot of the same issues on a much smaller scale while he was at KU. His offseason, he would blow up. He would spend that preseason trying to drill down and thin down as a point guard, trying to be lithe and agile and all those things. Because not all bodies are the same and not all of them react the way that you think that they should. Absolutely. Um, but it's just kind of wild because it, it's it's not something that at least has been made public on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, I, I see you see you thinking there. So I just wanted to bring that up, talk about those as well. Um, last thing I want to get into is. The Hall of Fame is this weekend. We had the Hall of Fame game last night. The Jaguars said they were going to play like half their roster. I did. It's, it was rain delayed, so I didn't even watch any of it. I didn't see any of it. I saw the highlights on Sports Center, and I did up turning Sports Center off halfway through the highlights. I don't really care about our Raiders Jaguars preseason game. Um, but there was a lot of talk about your boy, though. Yes, so we're going to talk about this. So this is an interesting Hall of Fame class. There's not that big one guy. Like we had a couple of years, we had Peyton Manning last year, mm-hmm. and um, Peyton gave a great speech. And you always had seen to have like in baseball, we had Big Poppy this year, right? Like, we get that headliner. This year, there really isn't a headliner. Um, I'm going to run them the list real quick: Tony Baselli, the Jaguars, uh, Cliff Branch, and the Raiders. Leroy Butler, from the, most known for the Packers, Richard Seymour, most of his career at the Patriots. Uh, Bryant Young, most of his career at the 49ers. Dick Vermeil, the coach, the Eagles, yep. the, the, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Yep. And my guy, I'm so happy he got in, Sam Mills and the Saints. Yeah. Um, all of these guys deservedly got in. There's not a single one of these guys. 
Bryant Young was the one I was like, I was surprised that he got in. Okay. Great career, but I never saw him as a Hall of Famer, but I'm not going to tell you, but I'm not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's, that's kind of bullshit. Sure. Um, I mean, I get more sad on guys who don't get in than guys who do. And Absolutely. Um, but I want to talk about Sam Mills for a second because a lot of people don't know who it is. And Sam Mills was a middle linebacker for my New Orleans Saints back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Then moved on to the Panthers on the original Panthers teams. Uh, took them to the Super Bowl their second year in the league. Um, Sam Mills was my dad's favorite player. Okay. Part of the Dome Patrol, the middle linebacker, the field mouse, they called him. Five foot eight, you know, 230. And this is a guy way under – this is a guy – Middle linebacker, you're the Mike linebacker. The Mike linebacker is Brian Erlacher. It's yeah, it's it's Ray Lewis, it's it's Butkus, it's you know, these massive men, and just you know, rah, Mike Singletary, one yeah. of my all-time favorites. Sam Mills is six inches shorter than those guys. Mm-hmm. Six, seven, maybe even eight inches shorter than a couple of them. <laughs> and part of and really the captain of the greatest linebacking core ever. The Saints Dome Patrol, number one linebacker core of all time. And uh, I was so glad he got his flowers. Now, unfortunately, we lost Sam Mills a few years ago to cancer. And for people who don't know, uh, Sam Mills is one of the guys they built the Panthers around. There's actually a, a statue of him outside uh, the Carolina Stadium in Charlotte. And oh, cool. He's being added to the Saints Ring of Honor this year. Um He's a guy that when he was brought over to the Panthers during their run to the Super Bowl, he gave a speech to his team. And the quote from it was, keep pounding. Uh-huh. Keep pounding. Uh, every week, do what you do. Keep pounding. Keep moving forward. Many years later, Sam Mills uh, had got cancer. And he said, I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to keep pounding. And this is all about the same time of Live Strong. Okay. The the, the um, Lance Armstrong stuff, and you know everybody had the Lance Armstrong yellow band. We all yep. gave money to, you know, Live Strong. What they did, and it's a great. What they did, Live Strong was great. Yeah. We we didn't know that he was a scam artist about what he was doing with cancer, but I'm not going there right now. I mean, he still did have cancer, and he did have cancer. Yes, and he fought cancer. We 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 know what he did later with steroids and everything else. Yes. You know, again, I'm not going to go through all that, but. Sam Mills did something at a very smaller level where he had the keep pounding bracelet. And it was, again, something for the Charlotte community. He stayed involved with the New Orleans community. When my father got sick of cancer uh-huh. and um, we, he wore the yellow band at first. He got the live strong band. Okay. We got the keep pounding band for him. And we told him and showed him the video. And again, Sam Mills was my dad's guy. Okay. And that was sort of his inspiration as he went through chemo, as he went through radiation, as he went through all these things. And my dad lost so much weight going through yeah. all that. He, my dad was just athletic. You know, my dad was a, a, I wouldn't call him a beast, but he was, you know, five and nine and 210. Yeah. And strong as a bull. And you know, to see him slip to 170 pounds, it's scary. Five pounds. It, See him go through radiation. And then he got his first all clear. Mm-hmm. He rang the bell for the first time. And 
you know, to be able to see him start eating a little more and doing some things and he puts that weight back on, he was getting near 190 again, or he starts feeling it. And then round two came around. Yeah. And he, you know, he went, to, he went into remission then it came back and then, and to go through it all again. And we lost my dad shortly thereafter. He actually stopped because it was, it was hurting him more than it was helping him at that yep. point. But he, his message was the same. It was keep pounding. And that was something that I, I see what Sam Mills did. Um, I was always a fan of his as a player, a great player. And there's that draw to a father's son there now. And I'm so happy that he got rewarded. He's getting his flowers and going to the Hall of Fame. I'll make a point of seeing, you know, when he gets inducted this weekend. And it's one of those rare ones where you, when your favorite player gets into the Hall of Fame, it's really cool. I mean, I'm a Peyton Manning guy. I watched, I made sure I made watch Peyton Manning's speech. But the Sam Mills one's different. It's almost baseball-esque in a way where you, you know, baseball kind of gets passed down father to son a little more than other sports do sometimes. Because right. uh, it's generational for, it's been that sport for so many generations. This one to me is kind of like that. Sure. And so I kind of wanted to end the podcast on saying, look, I'm thinking a lot about my dad this week. I'm thinking a lot about, you know, and because of the Sam Mills thing, I've been thinking about him a lot. I actually had a dream last night about my father. Um, Yesterday on the way to the ball game, Mm -hmm. um, my son and I, if you've listened to the pod, you know, P Money, my son, uh, he and I were talking about my dad. He was one of those, I didn't even say anything and Peyton asked. Yeah. It's because we were both wearing red socks. He had his red socks jersey on yesterday and I was wearing a t-shirt and for him for a moment, it was, tell me about granddad. Yeah. About Grandpa Barry. And, and I've had a lot of that thought this week. And so I just, you know, we, we joke around a lot on here and we talk about a lot of negative things that have happened in sports. This is a positive. I wanted to put that out there, put some positivity out in the world. Yeah. I think we need that. I'm glad your dad's been with you. Yeah. So Pops is with me and uh, we'll be thinking about, we might even have a beer and think about Sam Mills this weekend. You can so tell if you're, watching the, if you're watching the induction and you don't know who Sam Mills is, take 10 minutes and Google it. And, and, and I recommend you do that anytime you see old players you don't know about. Mm-hmm. But there's probably a story. His story is pretty phenomenal. It is. Yeah. So keep pounding. All right, with that, we're going to get out of here. So, um, oh, shit, read my script. I, I have a, yes, I have a script, folks. How, that's how we do it. That's how we do it here to get out of these things. Nothing wrong with the so, script. So, you got to have a script to keep you focused sometimes. So, Ellen, thank you so much for coming on, especially yeah. doing it on Friday. I cannot believe I messed that up on Wednesday night. Hey, shit happens. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I, yeah. Um, if you get a chance, I am on the Tyler Jones podcast this week. We're back doing Coach Bo's football fix. Uh, we had to sub. We had to do a different draft than we were originally going to do. Uh, but Tyler and I had a good time. We talked about old TV shows. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, we had a draft, like TV shows we miss. And uh, we, we, did, we did like eight of them. Yeah. I had some pretty good ones in there. So Excellent. He did too. So, um, but uh, Jump on there, check out the Tyler Jones, the Jones Report with Tyler Jones. 
Uh, next week of that that show, we're going to be doing a um, a conference draft. We're going to draft our dream conferences. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to I have the first pick, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pull this off. Okay. I think I'm just going to homer pick it and take LSU. I mean, that's not surprising, is no, it? No, I just got to. I think I'm going to homer pick the whole thing. I presume that it's all football centric, correct? Yeah, we're doing football centric on it. So okay. yeah, I got my little list and I'm going through it. We'll figure it out. We know the, we know the draft. Um, but I want to say thanks to Tyler and everybody at Studio Soapbox for what we do behind the scenes. Uh, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here. We appreciate it. Please, if you get a moment, review us, rate us, give us five stars, or don't give us any review at all. Um, do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get a podcast, or you get this podcast, you can review us five stars. We appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. So until Monday, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend for your time tokens and non-refundable, and we'll see you on episode 50.